Uh, Joe Madden is here. Joe comes in about this time every year, whether he is coaching here or not, to promote his Thanksgiving celebration, which he does to raise money for the homeless. How nice he is to give back. Look at this guy. Look at you. How are you, pal? Great to see you guys. Michael, how are you doing? Uh, we have so much to talk about since you've been here last. It's been a while. It has been a while. Well, you've got you had some stuff going on in between. Yeah, kind of busy. busy last year. Do you realize that in if you look at Chicago, Chicago goes like this now. It goes uh, Mayor Daly, the Chicago Fire, Al Capone, wow. and Joe Madden. Do you understand that? But Coach Ditka too. I mean, Coach oh, Ditka, yeah, sorry, yeah, I forgot yeah. about Coach Ditka. Coach Ditka is actually Jordan. coming to our event up in Hazleton uh, on December fifteenth. So I got to throw Coach out there. And, and a little guy named Michael Jordan. Yeah, you yeah, Michael Jordan. 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 <laughs> They forgot about him. Uh, Jim McMahon. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Listen, you Jim got. Jim you realize you just rose above. Phil Jackson. Is there anything you can't do in Chicago? When's the last time you had to pay for a meal? There's no way people are charging you for no, meals. No, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting when you go out right now. Jay and I go out on the town a little bit, and it's primarily just to have dinner. But uh, the people in all the restaurants are really fabulous. People in general, listen. Um, it, it's it's a big city, but it's it's a city of small neighborhoods also, and it's very familiar to me. Growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania, where I did in my town of Hazleton, I've often drawn comparisons to the people because they are big cities folks but they're small town people at the same time so i'm very identify with them very easily sure. so walking down the street it's very easy to stop and have a conversation all they want to say is thank you they say thank you for what you guys have done but nobody wants autographs nobody wants pictures they just like to interact what's the biggest pain in the ass autographs cell phones Oh, uh, nobody knows how to operate their own yeah, cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then, you know, they, they'll give it to my wife to take a picture, which is really offensive. So it really, it is. It I mean, is. Yeah, it is. And uh, so cell phones, I really wish that had not been invented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you are, it's so funny is that I love that you say that people are always like, if we go out somewhere and uh, we go to the mall and somebody's like, hey, listen to the show, and somebody goes, does that get annoying after a while? And you go, how could that be annoying? Everywhere you go, everybody's telling you thank you or how great you are. It's the best feeling in the world. No, it's, it's it's not annoying. You're right. Yeah. It, it's just when when they, again, the, the stop for the photograph. Oh, I get it. I yeah. get it. Trust me, the, I get it. Yeah. Interaction. I have no issue. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Hand, but isn't talking. that a great life? It is. Listen, to know that you've oh impacted all these people. They've waited so long for a championship, and and now. Yeah. And now they got one. How happy that town was. I've often said to folks, if I start complaining about anything, please slap me in the face. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, Chicago was waiting a long time for all of this. The, the fan base, organizationally, the ownership, Mr. Ricketts, Theo, and Jed, who brought me over there. Uh, all those folks, have, they've been waiting a long time for that, that particular moment. Uh, grandparents, parents, yeah. et cetera. So that's, that's the point. When they, when they say thank you, it's very sincere. It's oh, not, sure. This is not uh, manufactured in any way, shape, or form. I really am humbled by the whole situation, and I and I feel fortunate to have had this opportunity. Work, also, working in Wrigley Field, you guys been to Wrigley Field? I've I been, have. I've been I there have. a couple of times in oh, the last yeah. couple of years. It is. Um, it's the finest venue I think in all professional sports on a nightly basis. You, it's like a big party, but the folks yeah. are into you, and you feel like a playoff game. So even when you play the playoffs in October, you can play that same game in the middle of June, and it feels exactly the same. Yeah, it, I'll tell you, it's one of the last few venues you walk into, and you feel the history. I mean, that's the truth. I love. I'm a big Yankee fan. I love the new Yankee Stadium, yeah. but it's not like the same feeling as walking in the old one. I didn't mind. I didn't mind the oldness of the old stadium. 
I'm with you, man. I think too many times in our country we have this tendency to tear things down uh, yeah. as, as opposed to preserving. Uh, Fenway Park's another vestige of all that. Sure. Great. Love going to Fenway. We played there this year. It was fabulous. Of course, our place. Uh, outside of that, I guess you got to go to Dodger Stadium, which is old but not that old. Right. I just wish that we paid more attention historically to buildings and edifices and tradition in the sense that you somehow, uh, like, like I'm into old cars. You yeah. take that old car, you make it uh, make it into a new version of that old car, and you can continue to drive it. You look at the art of this car. I really wish that we'd been a little bit more patient with our buildings. Sure. I, and, and if you can, if you can get a step ahead, get out there before it falls apart. That's the way to do it. That's they, what you do. Didn't they do it in Lambeau? Lambeau, yeah. they were like, shut it down for a little while. Even yeah. in Chicago, they did the stadium there, and they right. build up on the stadium. So anyway, uh, what, speaking of cars, what do you have? You have some weird old cars, don't you? Got some neat old cars. I'll start chronologically, and I'm not trying to be pretentious here, but a 56 no, Bel Air, which is really solid, uh, really beautiful car, 350. It's built on a Camaro platform. Um, uh, 67 Galaxy, which I've put a lot of work into. I really love that. It's convertible. Um, 72, 69 Camaro. That's my wife. Oh, I bought it for the World yeah. Series. Um, 72 Chevelle convertible. Wow. That's the uh, Cub car because it's uh, red, blue, and white. And in the trunk, it's got the logo of the 1908 Cubs. In the oh, in the that's trunk. awesome. Uh, 76 Dodge Van, Tradesman 200. That, that's the one everybody loves. That's yeah, one I see in pictures Yeah, all that's going to be at the AVA when we do the Thanksgiving uh, on, on Friday night. And then uh, I love the 1990 454 uh, Chevy pickup. Those are fabulous. There's yeah. only like 6,000 or so of those made. And then uh, I'm I'm in search of uh, I'm in search of. Oh, Pete's gonna find it in five minutes. Oh, yeah. I will actually. Have, I got my I might be making the deal this morning. Uh, uh. Station wagon. I want to drive a station wagon. <laughs> uh, I um, I have my uh, my fingers on a 1985 Olds uh, Vista Cruiser. Oh, right that's now. hilarious. And I really think that uh, you know you look at the SUVs. Why why would not a station wagon make the comeback? I mean they 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 kind of did it with the the Flex, the Ford Flex, and a little yeah. bit of the Magnum. Right. Right. But a, a really legitimate Woody uh, station wagon, yep. and even like I like the mid '80s or into the right 1990 with the fuel injection, and everything else. They run, they run like my oh, yeah. like my 19, uh, 1990 pickup runs brand new. Uh, so I want a I want a station wagon that runs brand new. We used to have a uh, Plymouth Volari. <laughs> that's that's a little was, bit older, right there. Up yeah. On the street. In I'm the sorry. 80s, we had a Plymouth Volari. Yeah. And that thing moved. Yes. I mean, that had a big Mopar, engine. Yeah, Mopar. Yeah. They, they do that with their engines. Uh, you said uh, if we'd been up to the field, I've been up there uh, several times for concerts. Yeah. I went up. I got to see not one, but two uh, Pearl Jam concerts Eddie, in Radio Field. Outstanding. That kid is... Uh, so it's him. It's Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were guys that you I felt as good for them as I did for any other uh, fan because they had waited so long and been such uh, great fans of the Cubs. I've really gotten to become pretty good friends with Eddie Vedder and Bill. I mean, I see Eddie more than I've seen Bill, but both. Uh, last year, Bill Murray crashed our party up in Hazleton to really make it a huge success. Uh -huh. Eddie is such a Cub fan. I mean, so is Bill. I mean, it's unbelievable how much these guys are invested in the Cubs. But Eddie gave me a, a, yuka, a signed ukulele for our, my thousandth win. It's really fabulous. And I got it in the house here in Tampa. Uh, but they're into it. There's a lot of um, music, musicians. Um, 
Billy Corrigan from uh, oh, yeah. Pumpkins. Logan, I mean, he yeah. sits by the dugout all the time. I mean, I'm going to miss people. I mean, Jim John Belushi. Cusack. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Cusack is there all the time. I, we stay in touch, Michael and I. It's weird. It's weird that you know these these folks that you grow up listening to or watching, whatever, are now part of the program, and you get to see them. And you, they're on your cell phone, you, and they and they come visit. Yeah, and they're really nice, normal people. So I really enjoy it. I'm a I'm a huge uh, Pearl Jam fan. Yeah, absolutely. We, I came up for those shows, and I just, just that, there was no better feeling. Being in there, like I felt like they felt like, or at least Eddie felt like it was a homecoming show for them, and then to do two shows there, it was it was it was one of the best musical things that I've that I've ever done. Well, I'm telling you, Ed, Ed Vedder is Eddie Vedder is one of the nicest humans I've ever met. Uh, sincere, um, really into uh, people. Uh, yeah, he's, he's very uh, he's ingratiating. He looks you right in the eyeballs. Uh, he'll sit by me next to my desk after a game. He'll have a cor- uh, Corona or two, just sitting there. We'll talk about the game. We stay in touch. He was over in Italy. I, was, I wanted my wife to go to his concert in Sicily for as, as a birthday present this I, past summer. I almost went there to that you know, one. Yeah, and we just couldn't. We have a dog that was ill, so Jake couldn't make it. But Eddie was going to take care of everything. You know, oh. he was going to set the whole thing up with the hotels. I mean, he's really a legitimately fine, nice human being. Yeah, good. That's that's great. That's what I hope to hear. Too. He is. He's awesome. such a fan. He's awesome. By the way, I do have a signed ukulele. From Eddie, is that right there? And I've uh, that and my uh, signed Yankee base. I've shown both my children and let oh. them know that I love both of those a little less than them and never <laughs> touch them. Anything else is uh, is fair yeah, game. Other awesome. than that, all right. Friday night. Yeah. This, I'm so honored to be a part of this. I believe that I may have cost Michael some money last year because I don't know how to be a bartender and I don't know how to pour drinks. I may have also ripped a couple of people off. I was just charging whatever <laughs> I wanted to charge and I didn't know how to go. But uh, we're going to be out there for the annual Thanksmas uh, celebration dinner. First of all, food at both restaurants fantastic. I've been Michael knows I've been a longtime fan of uh, of 717. I love the uh, pork belly is one of my favorite things that they have over at Ava. So you go there and you eat. But if you're not an eater, you go there and you drink, and you go up to the bar. There's a bunch of beautiful ladies and a bunch of guys, and uh, you can order drinks from celebrities. I mean, real time celebrity bartenders. Last year I was back there. I'm pretty confident. I know I'm not the best-looking guy in the world, but I'm pretty confident in my... And this is what God gave me. Until you put me next to Kevin Kiermeyer, <laughs> you ever want to feel like an ugly man stand next to that beautiful specimen? What a handsome gentleman he is. I did in the dugout for several years. But you're also fancy-looking. So, right. But, I mean, what a, what a beautiful kid. That's I looked awesome. at him, and I was like... I'm going to tell you a secret that I learned about you today. He's wise. I guarantee you have a small penis. He goes, why? I said, because you can't be this good looking and have this much baseball talent. There's got to be some negative to you whatsoever. And he said, nope, hung like a horse. <laughs> so, uh, but Kiermaier will be there. Chris Archer and his awesome hair will be there. David Ross will be there. He's a big draw. Now all the David, ladies yeah, love him because yeah. he's a dancer. Yeah, David, David Solly. Let me go back to KK, Kiermaier. Yeah. We, we get this thing together. I text KK and ask him, and he gets back to me within, like, minutes and says, I'm in. Yeah, that, yeah. That's who Kevin is. He does that every time we do something like this. If you ask him to help out, he jumps right in there. Archie, I think he said a couple things aside to make, make sure that he could come. David Ross, I've had this on his radar for a bit right now. And, yes, David has become quite popular, uh-huh. uh, but deservedly so. This guy uh, is going to be a major league manager at some point in his life. Uh, really an ingratiating kind of personality. Um, he, he's going to be a big hit. I promise you. He's a lot of fun, and as well as the rest of the group that's going to be there. I think Maddie Joyce is coming back. Maddie Joyce right? is going to be yeah, there. Kyle Schwarber Schwar- coming in. Schwar- yeah, Schwarbs told me he could be there for about an hour. Schwarbs is uh, kind of popular. And uh, <laughs> yeah. here's another guy, though, man. Uh, you talk about real people. All these guys I'm talking about are legitimately, sincerely nice, real folks. 
And for them to jump on board and come back and help with the cause is really spectacular. Listen, I, I went and uh, I brought my family last time. My my fam my brother's family, they lived in Chicago for a while and they moved yeah. back and so those kids were are big time Cubs fans. So they got to meet a lot of the players, they got to take pictures, get autographs, uh, and you know, all raise some money. Now uh, this is a great. This is great that you still do this, and you do this in both places, right? Yeah, we do it uh, three places, actually four. Um, oh, yeah. well, primarily three. It's 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 Tampa, it's Chicago, and it's my hometown in Hazleton, PA. We got a big event going on up there on December fifteenth for our Hazleton Integration pro- Project, where we're attempting to bring together the the Hispanic and Anglo cultures in my hometown. It's working really well. So that event's on the fifteenth, but the one you're talking about on the eighth here at Ava and at seven one seven again. Uh, we're trying to raise some money that goes into the Respect 90 Foundation. That's the foundation my wife and I have formed. Respect 90 is that distance between home plate and first base, that 90 feet. That's where it comes from. And I believe if a baseball player respects that 90 feet, that he will play the rest of his game up to his capabilities. And then on top of that, respect begins at home. So that's that's where the, the genesis of the, of the name of the... Uh, of the foundation comes from, and listen, we listen the, the T-shirt I'm wearing, the sweatshirt right now. Try not to suck. We <coughs> excuse me. We generated a lot of unbelievably a lot of money over the last couple of years just through this phrase sure. that we've been able to uh, pour back. We're, we're actually we still have some money in the coffers that we're going to attempt to start putting out there, even some more stuff. We've contributed to a couple of boxing clubs in Chicago. We've contributed down here uh, to the different Salvation Armies, Trinity Cafe. Uh, we went to the Pinellas Hope Project, which I thought was fabulous. Uh, Rick Vaughn and I, Rick Vaughn runs our foundation. Yeah, right. Now, RV set this all up. Uh, Chicago, Misericordia, was, uh, it's a home uh, for young adults with disabilities. Um, and I know I'm missing some other places up, but we, we, we're trying to push the money around as much as we possibly can. But it really, the Respect 90 comes from that distance. And I've had a lot of good folks working with us, and we're trying to spread it out among the different stops, including Mesa, Arizona, where we do the respect ball, where we shave our heads out there, and we're trying to set up a couple rooms in a in a hospital there for kids, uh, with the treatment rooms to to make them a little bit more less ominous. Right. So when the kids go through the treatment, they go in that room and they don't feel as intimidated. And we're in the process of doing that right now. When you when you do all these great things, how much of it is? Um, not I was say guilt, but I don't mean guilt. But I mean, uh, you because sometimes I I lay in bed at night trying to fall asleep and think about how lucky I am, and then I feel like God, I should be doing something to help somebody else out because I really have a good life. Do you get a lot of that? I mean, is that where a lot of that comes from? It comes from my dad, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad with, with my dad, you used to find like little snippets or pieces of paper when he would like watch TV and donate to St. Jude's or Billy Graham. Or right, right. My dad was always that guy. I think the empathy uh, really uh, stems from my family to begin with, uh, from an Italian-Polish stock, and that's what the meal's all about. And uh, with with apologies to the Polish side of my family, I think it really oozes out of the Italian side. Uh, my uncles were really that way. Um, so I think it began there in my hometown. You know, went to Catholic school, taught by the nuns. Uh, again, small town uh, mores and and how you feel about the world. So I think it began there, and then it really was uh, accelerated when I went and played with the Angels. Yeah. And I used to ride my bike up and down a PCH out there, and there was a lot of homeless. Uh, Pushing their life in a shopping cart sure. and bum me out, man. I mean, it's awful. Like, listen, I'm living this decent life, and these folks are doing that. And I thought once I got a chance to be a major league manager at larger soapbox, I'd stand on and try to do something about it. So when I got here to Tampa Bay, Jay, my my wasn't my wife yet, but she was pushing me in that direction to become more philanthropic and get involved charity charity wise. So I give Jay a lot of credit for having pushed me in that direction. And then I was finally my eyes were opened 
and then you look for different venues and methods in order to get this done. I think sometimes what you're talking about, uh, uh, when you don't have that soapbox, you feel as though you can't make an impact. I don't have this this persona or personality or this this method or nobody's watching me. What, right. Who's going to listen? But that's not true. Volunteerism is a, among the most honorable things anybody can do sure. in a society. And when you get to Salvation Armies or Pinellas Hope or whatever, uh, the Trinity Cafe, they live and die off of their volunteers. So regardless of what you consider your lot in life as a volunteer, as a person, as one person making a difference, if a lot of, a lot of us start thinking that way, then eventually it becomes uh, a, a really positive way that can help a lot of folks. And you don't realize until you've donated, volunteered some time and donated your time. Time, I mean, you could donate money, that helps all, but when you go out there and volunteer your time, you have a sense of accomplishment when you're done that you that you feel great. I can't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, that's it's contagious. It is. I mean, once you get out there the first time, I know we just had four baseball teams. We had a, we had a, it was actually National Homelessness Week, uh, the first or second week of November. Rick Vaughn again set up four spots for us to go to. We came back, Jay and I came back from Pennsylvania, and we involved four local baseball teams, and I'm going to miss out, so I can't. You know, Steinbrenner was one and a couple others. But the kids from the high school baseball team came out and helped serve, and they were really impacted by this. And again, who knows what that's going to mean down the road? Because normally when you're 16 years old, you don't walk into a homeless shelter or a Salvation Army. You have no idea right. what happens. And on top of that, the perception is that it's a lazy person, a person that doesn't care, a person that doesn't want to work, a worthless. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. There's families and there's a lot of kids involved. Yeah, and, and you realize and it gives you a little bit of... Uh of empathy to yeah exactly. definitely perspective but you realize yeah. what you're dealing with with people right. this is uh joe madden that is here with us joe is uh will always be a favorite of tampa bay from the work that he did over here with the rays and of course with the cubs and now uh keeping it uh, back here in our community with the uh, thanks miss it's friday it's happening uh it's the eighth annual one uh 717 south and ava uh they're right across the street from each other you can do both you yeah. can go back and forth. It's kind of both. Fun, it will be. I and I'm. Uh, I'm going to be out there now. Now, Brooke, I'm going to. I'm going to bring Galvin out there because I forget to tell you that Galvin's like super bartender. Galvin has like real bartending skills, and the two of us together, we're going to start doing some cocktail stuff, throwing bottles around. Yeah, cool. Making the show. Nice. It'll be fine. Nobody will get hurt. Yeah. Which, what, which one's Tom Cruise? <laughs> uh, I, don't know Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think it's both. Really, if you think guy. about it. Uh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. you don't have to bring that up necessarily, but thank you for everything's for that. a competition. Uh huh. Um, what do you think, Aaron Boone? As a matter, love of it, uh, Booney. Boone, I'm a big Booney fan. Um, actually, I talked to him right before that had happened, and uh, but any time he'd come into your office when the ESPN guys came yeah. in, you know, there's certain groups that come in, there's certain uh, guys that come in, and you really want to exchange. And actually, all these guys, Darling, um, Schmolzi, and then Booney comes in. They talk to you before the game. Really bright guys and all of them are capable of doing this but i've been asking aaron for the last couple years when are you going to manage when are you going to manage when are you going to manage i know i knew his, i knew his grandpa ray boone right uh, taught me uh, when i first started scouting with the angels uh, mr boone would sit next to me and he taught me a valuable lesson about sitting in the same place to scout a game because that's where your eyes work from bob boone i worked with bob with the angels and uh, uh, a, a real close uh, situation i didn't know brett as well with seattle but aaron i just gotten to know through um broadcasting and coming in and i think it's a great choice i looked at all the candidates and I actually was telling somebody right before uh the pick was made i said i would i would choose aaron among those candidates would you really, who but, i see i always wonder like when they when the rays bring you in mm -hmm. like chicago they knew they wanted you but when the rays bring you mm -hmm. in and they're like all right we need a manager what the hell are you what do you ask a guy on an interview like that it's not like you sit down and go 
So tell me about your last job. You know, right. like you gotta. It, I mean, they really just gotta get a feeling from you, right? Everybody has different methods. And when I when I interviewed for the Red Sox job in two thousand and I think it was three or four, whatever it was, three. Um, you know, Theo and Jed had a real. They they had set questions laid out, i.e., um, you know, list what's the most important thing a manager does on a daily basis, and you pecking order of like uh, deal with your coaching staff, handle the media, your bullpen, the lineup. So they they would set up this this. Um, uh, process or program, and then you'd have to comment on each one, and they would gain a lot of perspective just from a simple from question answer. like that. Yeah. Exactly. So some, you know, some groups are more into specific questions, maybe psychologically oriented. Some somebody maybe tell them to ask uh, the question in this manner and try to derive the answer. Others, it's more conversational. Yeah. So it's just up to the group itself. Um, uh, back then, I thought Theo and Jed were great. They hired Tito Francona, which I thought was the right thing to do. I would have been disappointed had I not gotten the job with uh, with the Rays, with uh, Matthew and um, and Andrew in that hotel room in Houston. I, I really, um, I, I knew uh, philosophically we were on the same page. I knew I could grow with these guys, and it worked out extremely well. Yeah. And then here it came back to Jed and Theo again up at the with the Cubs, and and that when when we talked this time, it was more of a conversation. It was no real interview process. That I have a track record now. Right. They can look at that and they know what I think. So. Um, it's just different, I think, just based on the group. It's always interesting, but I would bet that Booney slayed it because Booney, um, analytically, he understands the game. Personalities, he understands the game. Um, I know the game's not going to be too quick. I would say the learning curve is going to be very short for him to understand how quick the game is in a dugout. And like he said, he's been preparing for this for the last 44 years based on his, his life with his family. And uh, believe me, all the boons are, are they're outstanding. And the uh, Yankee fans, they, they attach themselves to players. Uh, yeah. You know, my, have my family still thinks Jeter's in my family. Yeah. Like my grandmother still refers to him. And he's got a name, Aaron Effing Boone. So yeah, he's right. among the, uh, the pretty, Yankee fans. Pretty big so hit. Pretty big hit. That was fantastic. All right, look, this is great. It's always great to see you. you too, I don't want to keep you. you here all day. I'm going to be out there on uh, on Friday. Uh, what Should they just show up or uh, on Friday, or should they go to the uh, the website? Michael's got it. Yeah, go ahead and make reservations. You should make reservations, yeah, right? Yeah, for dinner. Or if you do show up, uh, there'll be a nominal fee at the door that goes to Respect 90. Yeah. The fee's necessary. Otherwise, it's people just start flooding into the restaurants, and then at that point, the people that actually paid to yeah. sit down and have dinner, can't do it. can't do it. And then on, honestly, then it gets so glutted that I can't really inter- interact, or the other, the uh, celebrity bartenders, et cetera, can't interact. So we thought that the cover charge was necessary, but also that all that goes exclusively to the to foundation, the exactly. Yeah. And also, the weather's going to be bad, possibly. So well, weather's going to be beautiful, well, nice even and cold. It, 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 right, even if it is, understand that there's a roof, yeah. and we have doors that close, so you're not going to be freezing. <laughs> uh, so right. we'll just bundle up in there and, and have a good time. What are you wearing? I don't know yet. I, uh, I have not... Um, I'm not. I'm not. I got this really cool coat the other day. I don't know that it actually fits uh, or, or is um, appropriate for that this time of the year. However, I maybe just wear a red shirt with. It. I really dig this. I got it at the mall that placed the Milano Exchange yeah. down the bottom. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just played along with it. Uh, it's really a groovy little place, so I love this coat, and I might just break it out. This is what I would like to go shopping with you one day. Yeah, I can need a little flavor in my uh, in my wardrobe. Anytime, brother. All right. That would yeah, yeah. make my day. I would much I'd rather go shopping with you than I would go to play baseball. Well, let's do shopping <laughs> in Chicago. That's oh, that's you – know. Dude, they got the best fat guy clothes store there ever. <laughs> they do. They got a two-story Rochester in, uh, okay. in Chicago. Trust me, I know. I know every city. I know where the fat guy clothes store well, is. We live right downtown, man. The combination of shopping and, and going out to dinner. Oh, my yeah. God. And then I ride my bike 
on Lakeshore when the weather's good. You go up and down the lake. It's, it's, it's a beautiful city. It, it really is. is. It's, it's a phenomenal city. What it are really you going to do? How, how much longer are you going you gonna to work? Well, honestly, I mean, listen, I'll be 64 in February, which is crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, um, you know, that's why it's really important for me to try to stay in good shape as well as I possibly can. I, I don't know. I mean, I was... I could see easily another five years. You can, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not bored yet? No. You already won no, in the World Series. No, no. It's um, it's not by mo- by no means is it boring. The biggest thing there is, uh, can you do you, do you want to deal with the travel? I hate packing. Yeah. I still was looking for that concierge service in a hotel that comes in and packs your bags the day before you leave or the night before you leave. So when you leave the next week, just close it and go. Can Brooke the- do that for you? <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. Seriously, the, the worst part about travel is packing. For me, I hate packing. Um, the travel stuff, you know, charter airplanes, I can't complain about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. All that stuff is fine. But uh, it's really about wanting to, um, you know, get on that plane and go again, living in that hotel. That's what really is the detriment. It's not the game itself. It's not the ballpark. It's just the moving, the moving around. Moving all the time, yeah. man. Well, listen, you figured out a way to do it great, and I appreciate you taking the time to come in here this morning. I know you hate, much like me, you hate getting up early. Wow, you have no idea. I, I forced myself. I got up at 7.30 today, which was oh. not easy. I forced this coffee down. <laughs> I forced my dark chocolate down. I forced my <laughs> supplements down, and I'm kind of waking up right about now. They said, uh, what time do you want him there? I want him there at 7.30, but I know how he is. Oh, we'll man. see you at 9.30. I appreciate listen, it. I appreciate the I, consideration. I'm very, I'll be pumping this all week. I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great people out there, and hopefully we'll raise a bunch of money. I really appreciate you having us on. Thank you very Anytime. much. Anytime. Uh, all right, let us take a break. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's the Mike Calder Show. It's 1025 The Bone. The Mike Calder Show on 1025 The Bone.